This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to it. This is uh, CliffCentral.com. I actually nearly started it off by saying this is Untapped Talents. That's when you know you're too comfortable in the chair. My name is Sia Sangwenifin, and thank you so much for having us on. Uh, for the next hour or so, I have a PR empresario. <laughs> you know, that's like your fancy title, right? Uh-huh, I do like it. And, uh, uh, I think make... I'm going to change my business card. To what? PR empresario? Yes. Carly Ritz, PR <laughs> empresario. So you're here with me. Thank you so much for joining me, Carly. Thanks for having me. Well, you're like my half for the next of this and we'll be counting down the biggest pr stories of 2015 what a year it was hey yeah well we're definitely going to have a look at the hits and misses yeah um some went really well and some really caused a stir so so we'll take a look at that but before we kick off i just want to tell you Mm -hmm. i want to ask you actually yeah um who said Sia, this is your question Mo- for the year, your moment. I feel like I need a clock, it's on a game show vibe, it's something intense, yes. Who said that the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about? The only thing, the only thing worse. The only thing worse than being talked about is not, is being, not talked being talked about. about. Um, well, it wasn't Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Because Bill Cosby has had enough of being talked about. Um, could possibly be Caitlyn Jenner this year. No, it's um, the, the words which were taken from Oscar Wilde really, I think, summarized for me how I be- what I believe in PR. Ah. Um, some people, you know, the minute something goes wrong and they're yeah. on uh, social media, and we'll talk about how social media plays such a crucial role um, in PR hits and misses these days. Yeah. Um, and they call it bad PR. But I must be honest, I really don't believe in bad PR. Okay, so first and foremost, though, let's just go about defining what PR is. In your words, what did you have to say public relations is all about? So it's, it's reputation management. Mm-hmm. Um, public relations or public relations teams are the guardians of a brand. And the way that that brand is positioned um, or perceived is largely their responsibility. So when yeah. it comes down to... You know, major decisions, branding ch- decisions, um, different campaigns. You know, every you have to look at everything, not only from a sales and business perspective. Of course, that's very important, yeah. but also from a branding, positioning, image perception. What is this campaign going to to make? How, how, what kind of feelings is it going to elicit? Yeah. Is it going to make people feel warm and fuzzy towards the brand? Is it going to shock people? Um, and I think you know the ones we're gonna the the campaigns that we're gonna discuss really do do delve into those. But I think, you know, just from from the outset, I don't believe in in bad PR. Really? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to chat about woolies and we're going to chat about frogs and we're going to chat about slavery, but I'm still buying my cut watermelon from woolies. You know, and (laughs) And that doesn't, hasn't affected you, doesn't change anything. No, and you are dressed from head to toe in... Well, I don't want to be judged on the onsen. So So let's get onto it a little later then. Yeah. Okay. Wait, on that note though, what's the difference between PR and marketing? So marketing is really, um, it's marketing is usually above the line. It's big billboards. It's it's advertising. It's, it's huge noise, getting things out there and really creating a a big buzz. Whereas PR has become Although today communications is all integrated and everything is part of everything. You can't really do things in silos. Yeah. But public relations really is um, getting under the skin of people. It's without, it's changing their opinions without them even realizing. It's, it's a lot more subtle to below the line and, and, and through the line. Yeah. Um, but as you'll see, um, as you continue on your journey as the next um, PR impression. Oh, look at you um, now, giving me the honor. Communications oh. is, is very integrated and <laughs> yeah. it all fits in. Um, but I am going to give you some quick PR do's and don'ts before okay. we start. Okay. Um, I feel like I need a notepad yeah, out right just, now. Okay, and, uh, I'm ready to make notes. And, and you'll see how, how these will um, fit in with some of the, the, the campaigns we're going to talk to. But the first thing I'm always going to, you know, my mother always said, <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> you know, make sure you shave your legs. Oh, oh well. Be prepared. If you know, Thank you, Mama Ritz. if you're anticipating something, if you're going on a date and you're anticipating it's going to end well mm-hmm. or badly, well, just shave your legs. Um, and I think that a lot of brands get that right and a lot of brands get it wrong. If you are going to go with an explosive campaign, I don't know if you remember earlier this year, Fly Safair launched their one rand campaign. Yes. Where you could buy a ticket uh, for one rand. If you're going to launch something as exciting as, um, you know, as that, you need to be prepared for what could go wrong. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, the, the website went down. Um, and because they do, um, have quite a good PR and marketing team, yeah. they had, they had comments prepared. They had the technical team, uh, on standby and they, they were armed. They were prepared. Yeah. So I think if you are going to whatever your campaign is and, or, or marketing as well, if you want to do something really edgy or really splashy, rather don't wait for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, um, be the Grinch yourself and consider everything that could possibly go wrong and be, and you know, just prepare yourself so that when it does, uh, it does happen. You are ready. Yeah. So, so that's internally, def- you should already be asking yourself the right questions. You should already be anticipating certain reactions and responses. Absolutely. And sometimes you know that it's going to cause an absolute stir. Yeah. But you want to go ahead anyway. Okay. Um, and that's when you should just, you know, be prepared for for the fallout. So. PR tip number one, be prepared at all times Shave for anything. Shave your legs. Shave your legs. Wax your legs. Okay, I'll, I'll take that down as well. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> PR tip number two. It'll be so interesting to go home tonight, like at the dinner table. So, Sia, what did you learn at work today? Well, I should always carry around like shaving cream. All right, yes. I think also, um, again, some get it right and some get it so wrong, is the silence factor. When things blow up. Mm-hmm. Nothing says you're guilty like silence. So huh. I think the the quicker you are to respond, to acknowledge, always acknowledge, because yeah. if somebody has an issue, you know, um, we're going to talk about the the uh, H and M campaign, and and it was one woman, one woman who commented uh, from Cape Town uh, on Twitter that she felt that the um, campaign only really. Um, showcased white women and, and yeah. uh, light black women and there were no, you know, real examples of South African women. Um, that was one person's opinion. And what they did correctly was that they responded immediately to that person. But doesn't it work against you sometimes if you respond too quickly? Because I feel like if you aren't really giving it some thoughts and you're just in panic mode. Mm. Well, look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying in T minus 20 minutes <laughs> after she, um, after she tweeted, but waiting two days, yeah. you know, to address a problem doesn't bode well. So obviously you'll discuss with your team, are we going to address this in an hour? Are we going to address this in, in five hours? Or are we going to, perhaps what we're going to do is say that we'll be putting out a statement by the end of the day. Ah. Um, so that people know so we take nonetheless this acknowledging. We take it seriously. Yeah. We are going to get back to you. Um, but we do need, to, you know, to give it some thought. So, yeah, tip number two is, 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 if you get, if you're found out, if you're called out, you know, say something about it. Yeah. So be prepared, number one. Number two, acknowledge. Okay. Yes. Number three, do not be offensive. Defensive. Sorry, oh, really? do not be defensive. One of the, the worst things people do and, and, and brands get onto their social media platforms and they just become defensive, dismissing the public and alienating the consumer. So. Okay. It's like, um, when you're really mad and you get an email and you want to just reply and hit send. Yeah. Don't. So a certain extent, doesn't it also show that you believe in what you did? Of course it does. Um, but becoming aggressive or insulting towards somebody whose who's, uh, perfect example was um, the sticky scenario earlier this year. And one woman wrote a blog post uh, those about little how they were the bodies. devil, yeah. which was then um, tweeted by a, a well-known journalist. And pick and pay, you know, immediate response was remove this, please. You know, it's 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 inaccurate. It's it's offensive. Really? Um, which was a mistake because they didn't have all the context. They didn't really think about it. They and then they came across the brand looks guilty. Yeah. Um. So that that's uh, tip number three, um. And tip number four, which is linked to tip number three, do not engage in public spats. Um. And we'll of course be talking about that. Oh yeah. We talk about the Tinder Twitter tantrum later. You see, on but as I think well. it's such a tricky. That in itself is a tricky cause and, and, and because it's now the 21st century, everyone is so active on social media. You know, that's a, another topic on its own, how active a brand should be on social media. Cause I now see, um, you know, with promoted posts, uh, on Twitter, for example, you see all of these things on your timeline constantly. Mm. You, you know, you can't help it sometimes. Well, you know, I mean, obviously these are, are more in line with, with, with traditional PR guidelines. Um, yeah. and, and some things that I'd say, and if you ever repeat them, I'd probably deny it. <laughs> but communications is an evolving beast. Social media is an evolving beast. Exactly. So a lot of the crisis communications plans that we constantly put in place for brands, they, they're changing. Yeah. Um, and they're having to be, um, they're having to be quite nimble. You know, 
you, you, you guys are in communications as well. Yeah, yeah. you have to Things move with the Things are constantly changing. You've got to be nimble. You've got to be, be dynamic and be able to move. It's those that are stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. No, we can't do X, Y, and Z because it's always been done ABC. Those are the ones that are really going to to you know fall behind. Yeah. Some would argue, what's the point of a press release when you can trend, for example, on Twitter? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, some people still... Some some people still use press releases. It's not a it's not a it's not black and white. There are shades of grey. Mm-hmm. There are parts of traditional PR communication. So many. <laughs> <laughs> there are parts of traditional uh, communication that some people want to throw out the window. Yes. Um, you know, but I think really being able to to work with what has worked and what will work going forward is the secret, and time will tell us. Got it. Okay. So, yeah. So should we have a look at some of those? Uh, Ah, those hits and misses. Okay, so the very first one, should we go global or local first? I think let's start local. Let's go local. All right. So this one I actually had a personal encounter with because we went to Willie's with a few colleagues of mine and we walked in and someone pointed out first they were like "Uh, uh-uh, something doesn't look right there i was like what are you talking about so there were mannequins willies has these darker hues (laughs) 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 i myself i'm trying to be politically correct it's like these darker hued mannequins i think that's even one of the words they used in the pr response yeah i think that's normal darker shade it's a darker shade exactly it's a darker shade and there were ropes around these mannequins as well and on some of those ropes they even went as far as having these um heavy looking balls weighing down on those ropes ouch so it was a colleague of mine who pointed out first and foremost they were like uh-uh it's the dark hued mannequin it's the robes this is a bit too slavery vibe mm. for me hashtag slavery yeah so that sort of got willies up in arms and uh willies all went they they cited i think they were justified in their release afterwards in you know uh commenting on this so even after social media was all a buzz about this saying willies is a bit too you know not really the nicest thing you can do mm-hmm. uh willies said this in their statement they said hi everyone we apologize for the distress caused by the incorrectly assembled re in-store installation at the start of any campaign our stores are taken through the correct direction for installations via a model setup and so this festive seasons installation is supposed to hold christmas decorations basically Mm. suspended off ropes Mm. Mm. being supported by the mannequins and then on the shade of the mannequins they said the mannequins used in the re displays are made from recycled materials which is why they are naturally gray in color they don't represent a particular race well you know i I think thumbs up to woolies for replying Okay, so so they were prepared. Well, we don't know whether whether they were yeah. prepared or not. Well, well, I think it boils down to whether you buy the Christmas bauble story. Yeah. Um. First of all, if you, as a corporate, as a brand, yeah, who's been do, who who does? I mean, they churn out these kind of installations on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. and you suddenly saying it was incorrectly assembled. I think that kind of shows an even you know. A, a real inefficiency yeah. in, in terms of, of the marketing team within, with inside Woolies. Um, you know, they, they go from Easter to Christmas to Mother's Day. They're constantly busy with mannequins Everything. and yeah. installations. Um, I've never, I mean, installations are half done overnight. I'm sure sometimes yeah. they're leaving a mall late at about six and there's a, perhaps somebody in the, the window who's changing the installation. Yeah. Whoever decides that you can put a half-baked installation up at lunchtime to have it finished by the next day, I don't know why they're even on the marketing or PR team. That's why I didn't even buy it, though. I didn't buy the fact that it was, in, in, they said, incorrectly assembled. How do you... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I don't what buy is it. To be, was it meant to be ropes on their heads? Were the baubles meant? I, I don't, don't yeah. get it. There's no way you can have set that up to make my, it look better. My original thinking was perhaps somebody had come up with a, a slave to fashion kind of campaign that mm-hmm. went horribly, horribly wrong. Um, perhaps it wasn't checked. Um, but yeah. the story of, oh, sorry, it was incorrectly assembled and it was only half done and we weren't finished. And, you know, um, unless you've got five-year-olds running your, your marketing and PR <laughs> department, I really don't buy that. Um, but having said that, mm-hmm. people are still shopping at Woolies. True. Um, we spoke earlier about the, the, the lady who tweeted the frog in yeah. the salad. and Yeah, that was know, another 2015 huge, huge mess, yeah, I think. People are still – people still buy from Woolies. So even though there was massive buzz and um, people were very, very critical, mm-hmm. um, 
I would be surprised if, especially around this, this festive time of the year, it had any impact on the bottom line. Yeah, so here's a little pro and con of social media. I think as corporate, you now know that one person who experienced one tiny little thing within your establishment, your store, your restaurant, whatever it is, they now have a huge, huge voice courtesy of social media. Absolutely. So it was one person who potentially found the frog. How much of an impact do you think that made in, in Woolly's case in particular? Um, look, I... I Accidents do happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know how a frog accidentally gets caught in a salad. Um, My bigger thing is, was it alive? No. It, I think it was dead. I could okay. be wrong. I think it was dead. Because I don't understand how it could be alive then as well, if it was packaged and sealed. What, what would be an interesting um, thing to, to audit would be whether or not this woman has shopped at Woolies again. Yes. You know, um, yes. because... I, and we were talking about it earlier, I had a bad experience at a fast food chain yeah. and I didn't eat there for a couple of months, but mm-hmm. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> you know, I'm So it I'm really back. doesn't make much of an impact? Not, not long term. Yeah. I don't think. Not, not, not to the extent that, uh, we think it does. And also remember, um, Something can seem really, really huge uh, on social media. This this Willie's uh, slavery thing was was really, really big. Yeah. Um. Until H and M was really big, and then nobody was talking about Woolies because everybody was talking about H and M. Yeah. You know, and then popping in at Woolies to buy a rotisserie chicken uh, and an avocado just to add to the salad later when they got home. So it's you know, like I said, the the the, the the real tell-all will be if Woolies were to come up in January and say, they were, you know, our, our bottom line for the festive season. It's really took was, a dip. Was, yeah, yeah, which I doubt is going to happen. You see, off the top of my head, I cannot remember, you know, going through something because of an establishment and made a conscious decision not to ever go back. Um, and that, I think, is good for a brand if, you know… Regardless of where you are or what happened to you, the fact that people move on or the fact that your brand is so strong that people can look past it and move on. It's, or, or they yeah. can't. That also, I don't think that's bad publicity. True, true. If, if your brand is so ingrained in, in society and in human life and it's done something so appalling yeah. that you can't go back to it, that also speaks volume about your brands. But if, you know, maybe we should ask the listeners as well and anybody uh-huh. out there what, what they think or, you know, even if there are some cases, have you ever been so disappointed in a brand that you've stopped shopping there. Yeah. That so let's do yeah. this social media thing that let's we've been talking it. about. Exactly. <laughs> Tweet us at cliffcentral.com or you can always message us on WeChat. Our official account is cliffcentral. Just tap connect and then message to show and your message will pop up right in front of our screens here. Um, you know, funnily enough, on that whole Willy salad thing, other people were saying, well, it should be a good sign that a frog would even be in the salad. That means it's fresh and it's all great. I was like, mm. you can spin anything, doll. Exactly. So I you think that's, that's, that's good PR on their front. But also on Willy's though, I, I think a good PR turn for them was for the fact that I, as a young 20-something in South Africa, still find them cool and relevant. Because I'd have to say from my personal experience, I grew up like my mom would always buy me school shirts from Woolies and I still to this day think Mm. the best PJs are at Woolies and you get socks and whatnot. So it was... Growing up, it was always oh, my mother's brand was this this older brand. There was no cool aspect to to it. But the fact that now, as this young twenty something in South Africa, I still look at Woolies and I think of them as cool and current mm. and relevant because they do fantastic things like on on certain shows like Top Billing and Espresso. And then this year in two thousand fifteen, they went major, major, major by bringing Pharrell Absolutely. and creating that whole campaign around that. What do you think of that? Well, I think and, and before we talk about Pharrell, you've raised another interesting point and mm-hmm. um, it, it really gives those who are in the PR and communications industry some perspective one one hit doesn't one miss doesn't necessarily sink you so True. you know yes the slavery thing was terrible and the frog but you know Willie's Willie's came after the frog Willie's came back with with the Pharrell yeah um, endorsement and, and 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 the concert and the experience for for the consumers and the media so something also important you're almost you know, you're as good as your last, your last race, your I last campaign. I never thought of it that way, but know? it's so true. So exactly. if your last campaign was great, mm-hmm. people will remember that. Yeah. But as soon as you, you do something terrible or something shitty, yeah. you know, suddenly that great is no longer applauded. 
Um, and it, it, it's, 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 it swings like that. And yeah. I think that's something, um, to keep in mind. Um, you know, sometimes in our lives we think, Oh my God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. How am I ever going to recover? Call your mother, but you know, just keep on moving. Those swings, they do swing. Yeah. The Pharrell Williams, I, um, I mean, really great campaign, great yeah. artwork, great synergy. Um, must have cost <laughs> buckets, fortune. absolute buckets. Absolutely. And um, from a PR perspective, uh, the, you know, uh, there was buzz for days after. Um, oh, yeah. They spoiled the media. Yeah. Um, it was really, and you know, something that you, you know as well in, in this industry is that our South African media, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, are incredibly spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in abroad, in New York, in the States, uh, it's, it's similar, but in the UK, journalists, if you get a box of chocolates from a, from a, brand you know trying to bribe a journalist you know that's awesome i know a brand who took journalists to mauritius and i was very very annoyed like hey could you you have just like they do that south africans are spoiled them off to mauritius for a couple of days just to announce like a new product i was like how is that even wow so because south african media are spoiled and we've almost created uh rope to hang ourselves as as uh advertising pr and marketing um industry yeah is that they're so spoiled now that you have to be bigger and better. Oh, yes. You know, and I think... Like bring in an international br- yeah. act to, yeah. you know... Bring in for Exactly, exactly. Give the, the media this exclusive experience. Give them all this money. You know, they, I think they were each given 2,000 rand that they could spend in movies, yeah. vouchers and that kind of thing. And, you know, then the rest of us, when we come to, to having to launch or, 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 you know, do something, we like, what now? <laughs> exactly. You know? How so, about give away free yeah. cash? Y- yeah. <laughs> we <try>. uh, <laughs> Let's well, just yeah. give away 200, a quarter of a million rand. Absolutely. You have to, you know, you've got to, if, if, if clients and brands want that kind of buzz, yeah. um, you've got to put the, the capital behind it. But yeah, I think, I think Pharrell was, I think it's going to be interesting how they sustain that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long the relationship with Pharrell lasts or yeah. if he'll be one of various ambassadors coming up. Um, of course, there is, uh, and it wasn't a very loud um, critique, but the, 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 there was the, you know, what about a South African? Uh, there was that issue that came up. Um, but again, I'm sure that those PR teams, the marketing teams would have thought about all of that. But I'll have prepared. to say, I knew the campaign was successful when I walked into a Woolies myself and I had that little jingle stuck in my head and I actually considered buying a Pharrell tee for 250 rand. I was like, hold up now. What are we doing for a little gray t-shirt with the tagline? Are you with us on it? Because I wanted to just be like Pharrell. Well, then hashtag the, PR win. The, the, you know, the king of cool. Absolutely. You want to be seen with that t-shirt. You want to be associated with what he stands for. And that already like ticked 400 boxes for Willie. So good on them. I think Willie's had a good year and a bad year. But hey, so many other local stories to even deal with. H&M. Yes. So um, hmm. the H&M one is also another example of massive, a massive um, budget. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, their billboards, I'm, I'm sure the above the line was was um, exorbitant. Um, and the anticipation that they created was the opening of the stores. Yeah. Um, and all the exclusive, you know, the exclusive deals and the offers. And of course they gave, again, they gave media, um, they learned, they, they, they heard about Pharrell obviously and Woolies and they gave media money to spend or they gave yes. them all these massive discounts and invited so many local celebs as well to, absolutely. to the launch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody got so caught up in the excitement that what was interesting for me was that the, the critique came afterwards, you know, and, and it was quite a long, it, it was a, about a month. Be- between launching the Cape Town branch and the Joburg branch, it was about a two-week period. Yeah. And it was only once the campaign had died down that people then went back to look and obviously pick holes at it. Yeah. Um, and that's, of course, where we spoke about earlier. Um, there was a lady, a Cape Town resident, who tweeted that she had noticed that H&M had no black models on their posters at the waterfront store. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, she said, please, can you work on that to appeal to everybody? And they came back quite quickly. Um Again, well done for coming back quickly. I think they came back a little bit too aggressive, though. Um, 
What are some of their responses? What, how do they go about justifying this? So, and I mean, the one response, which was, oh my goodness. <laughs> you um, don't even have the words I for it. Doll, I don't have words. Um, they responded that the marketing plan was one which intended to convey a positive image. Um, hmm. Implying, you know, and the question begs, were so they implying that black, black models, models were are not, not in line positive. with this image? Yes. Um, and of course, you know, there were a backlash of, of tweets. They attempted to do damage control by stating that their campaign includes all ethnic groups. But of course, for anyone, if you drove down Ravonia Road, you'd see you this yeah, all busty these, blonde walking out of yeah, the ocean with very olive, H&M. you know, Mediterranean, yes. olive skin kind models. Um, and it was blaringly obvious. Uh-huh. I mean, if you looked at the, um, those posters, all those billboards, it, yeah. it was, once this woman had called it out, if you hadn't already noticed, it was blaring. But obvious. I don't know if I'm just a unique consumer, but then I look at the intention and was the intention really, did H&M execs sit in a boardroom somewhere and they said, never, we are not going to have black models there. I think it was just a casting thing. Yeah, you know, I think... Yeah, I mean, if if it was contrived, well, then hopefully somebody has been fired. Yeah. Um, But... What can happen sometimes in these massive campaigns, and, and, and that's why a lot of the junior people I work with, they get aggro with me because I go on and on about attention to detail, mm-hmm. is that uh. you get caught – once you come up with a great campaign or you've, you know, you've, uh, you're an agency and you've just won the advertising and marketing campaign for this massive international brand and there's so much excitement and you're yes. brainstorming and you want to get things rolling, we've all been in that really exciting space and things just fall through the cracks. This was a major one. Um, but you know, because for a lot, and, and you know, maybe there was a, a, some kind of international direction. I think a lot of people that I work with, um, locally are very sensitive to the fact that if we're doing a TVC, if we're doing a commercial, if we're doing a poster, um, it, it we need, you know, even when it comes to quoting yeah. without images, when it comes to quoting names in press releases or in stories, you know, we are very aware of, of keeping it diverse. So yeah. could it have been an error? Um, could it have fallen through the cracks? Well, I hope so, because yeah. otherwise, you know, th- there's there's almost no explanation for that. I just genuinely think it was one of those things that were just overlooked. I don't think they just sat there saying it was going to be intentional. Because on the note of Pharrell, actually, his last album was titled Girl. It was all about representing all of the girls in the world. And there were like, I think, three models on the cover. And everyone was now saying that, like, oh, no, Pharrell, there's no uh, black woman on there. And he actually said, well, just because they're black doesn't mean they have to have super, super dark skin. But there was a black model on the cover. I think people will always just mm. nitpick and find something Absolutely. or somewhere where you went wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. But again, has it damaged the brand? I don't think so. You are Not top at to all. toe in H&M today. Yeah. This is what I have to say. <laughs> H&M is strong enough, and it's kind of sad as South Africans, that anything international will just jump at. You know, I have never bought from H&M before. I was never an H&M person. But the fact that, oh, it's this global brand, and maybe if I just buy from them and then I Instagram a picture later, I'll say I bought from H&M, just like someone in the UK or just like someone, you know, the Kardashians. Well, Kardashians would not necessarily buy from H&M. No, they'd be but doing you know, hash- They created their own store. Hashtag H- Dash. Thank you very <laughs> much. Like, I think it's this whole aspirational thing. Yes. And if you just, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I think once your brand is so strong that there are certain connotations to it, then you're a for away. That's exactly what you'll always do. iPhones, exactly. It's always Apple. Well, Apple is Steve Jobs and this great visionary. Who knows who the creator of Nokia is, for example. Mm. But the fact that, ooh, Steve Jobs is part of this and look at me. I'm also carrying an iPhone. It's kind of cool and quirky of me. So it's all of these things. And actually, I think it's a good thing for the brand. Yeah, well, again, uh, has it affected the bottom line? We don't I, know. I do not think so because every time I walk through Santon City, for example, and I walk past H&M, I see it packed to the brim. So Jeez. they are not complaining Jeez. one bit. I haven't made it yet to the store. Yeah. Um, but Let's, I'll make up a reason. Let's, which I can't I'll, I'll even blame. Take you I can't <laughs> say, oh, I'm so, I'm so offended, you know, and take the higher ground. I just literally haven't got there. Yeah. Um, and Santon over the festive season is. Tourist and crazy Absolutely. central. That's what I call it. Oh, well. Yeah.
Well, Moving on to the next one, right? Talking about the, the festive season, and, and you mentioned this one, which, which I thought was interesting, was um, the Associated Media Roadshow that they're doing at the moment with the magazines on the beach. Yes. So they, uh, the Associated Media Publishing is taking some of their biggest brands uh, out to consumers. So they have, of course, published magazines. So they're taking Cosmo and Marie Claire and Good Housekeeping and House and Leisure magazines. They literally have like a truck devoted to each brand mm. and they're driving around to different beaches out in the Western Cape and they're selling their magazines at discounted prices to the people out, you know, who just enjoying a day in the sun, etc, etc. And uh, there are two sides of the story for me. One side is, I get it, um, it's the perfect place. You know, people are just, they have nothing to do on the beach except like soak in this, you know, the sun and take a little dip in the Yes, in the they're water. preconditioned uh, for that mindset. Exactly. But on the other side, you know, yeah, of course, they aren't selling like ski wear. So that's kind of there in the great vein. But on the other side, it's like, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not on, on my tablet. I'm not on my phone. I'm not in front of a TV screen. I'm not listening to the radio where you can sort of come into my life. But now you're literally coming face to face to me. I don't know if I like that. Well, I think first off, first off um, I thought that this was a really inexpensive and effective PR mm-hmm. activation um, for what it's worth. Um, taking, I mean, they've got the magazines. They, yeah. they, they know um, by, by middle of month um, what is still going to sell and what isn't going to sell. Yeah. Um, they hired a few trucks uh, in terms of traffic and feet. They know to go to the beaches at, uh, at the coast. So I think – Definitely props and um, heads up or hands up, um, <laughs> applaud and all that jazz yes. for a really uh, inexpensive, low key, but what I think is is, is quite an effective campaign. Like yeah. you said, you know, people are in that mindset of, of relaxing and people want to read yeah. on the beach. People um, don't bring their tablets and, and their phones because exactly. they're going to get full of sand. Um, so they'll read a book. And, you know, so if there's a magazine going, if I'm lying on the beach and chilling and I actually don't want to read anything too smart yeah. um, or too challenging and a Cosmo or a Marie Claire's uh, lying around, I definitely read it. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, then it's the same for the gentlemen who sell ice creams on the beach, you know, um, you're out Ooh. in a public place. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's open. It's, it's public space. People are going to try and sell you things. People are trying to sell you things all day, every day, no matter where you are. I didn't think of that that way. Yeah. Oh, you're giving me all these pearls. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I but didn't I think, see it yeah, that so way. I, I, yeah. Yes, I'm sure that a couple of people, you know, might have been annoyed. How dare you? They'll yeah. just say, no, thank you and, and move on. Um, but for a lot, some people, it's really convenient. You know, you're lying on the beach. You're getting a bit bored. Yeah. You don't really want to walk up um, Clifton stairs to go and, um, you know, find you, the, the, the nearest shop so you can buy a magazine. So I, from my perspective, I, I think that was a really cool campaign. I'm convinced, no doubt in my mind, they'll, of course, this will be a success. And look, the fact is also um, they obviously keep certain amount of magazines for promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they were still selling these. So probably a nice little business um, you know, increase as well. Yeah. But t- t- um, they normally have a lot of these that they give away um, for free. So, you know, and, and if it really doesn't work uh, or they're running low, it's the last day of December and they want to get rid of stock, they might yeah. as well give it, give it for free today on the beaches. The reality is that people are still talking about them. Their magazine is still being consumed. It's still going to get taken home. Yeah. And you know that once a print publication goes home, the opportunity, you know, it, it's going to be read by another two, three people, depending on the amount of people in that home. True. So all in all, I think a really cool hit. Well, just sorry for the truck driver who has to drive around <laughs> in this heat <laughs> and actually literally stop in front of the sea and see everyone galloping away in the waves and you're driving. But other than that, I think good campaign overall. All right, so let us round up the local PR stories uh, with this selfie whole obsession, which Mm. is taken up by Samsung, who did a nice spin on it. So what did they get up to? So uh, in January this year, Samsung ran a really great campaign. Um, It was the Samsung Selfie Challenge where they literally, I mean, and they contacted the Guinness World Book of Records um, and called on South Africa to help them break the record of X amount of selfies recorded in a given period. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is so smart here is that they really 
capitalized on the currency of the selfie. It's, yeah. It's, so, it's still so current. It's so relative. Everybody's doing it. So they took something that means something in the average consumer's day-to-day life and they, they built a campaign around it. They were also – they also um, engaged with South Africans' really competitive spirits and the the human that human need to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to contact the Guinness um, Book of World Records, but Thank it's, it's for, quite a process. Thank you for thinking of me so highly. I think <laughs> but you I've should. never broken a world record. Uh, there is still time. What? You Let, are let's, so young. let's take a PR spin on things. Uh, 2016 could be my year to like bre- break a world record. Like, I could. Watch you could wear H and M for three hundred and sixty five <laughs> days. H and M could then fi- they could then fire the entire marketing and PR department because you could run that as a as a single campaign here. Uh, see and from Cliff Central and exactly. absolutely. Um, Look at you! I was just going to say, can I watch TV for like a month straight? Maybe I can do that. No, come Babs, you got to get really creative yeah, here. True, but I think. It's it's quite a process. Yeah. Um, it requires. I remember. Um, you remember Jan Bry? He wanted to do the longest. Bry, the Bry man, Jan oh, Bry. Okay. So it's, you've got to first of all get in touch with them. They've then got to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of paperwork that you've got to do. There's, um, you know, an application. So it was quite. It, it, there was a you know a lot could, could could go wrong. Yeah. And it was very ambitious, um, but it was achieved. It was. It was absolutely brilliantly executed. Yeah. They used very high foot. Tra- Obviously, there was massive um, pre-hype on social media, on radio, etc. Um, and then, of course, they chose major um, high traffic areas on the 31st of January. That bit between Christmas uh, New Year specials yeah. now, when people uh, hit the malls as well as kids going back to school, plus post the January um, payday. Yeah. Um, at I think it was Canal Walk in Cape Town. Yes, it was, and. Um, uh, Stanton City in Johannesburg, and you know it. It was amazing. Yeah, I think you know it, it's always good when a brand is relevant to the times. You know, this is the whole selfie craze. I mean, if Ellen literally broke Twitter that night at the Oscars when she took that selfie with all the actors and actresses, and if Kim Kardashian herself can release a whole book of selfies, that just shows how. <laughs> listen, let's give her praise. She's an author now. Uh, <laughs> That just speaks of the times that we're living in. And if I see that a brand is moving with the times and is speaking my language and is interested in what I'm interested in as well, I think that's fantastic. And so on the mark as well, just speaking of Samsung as well, they're doing this campaign with Cliff Central as well. Uh, Mixed talents, where it's conversations about employment and young people venturing into this world. This is a concern a lot of young people have. And once again, when I feel like a brand is speaking my language, I'm more in tune with what they do and I'm more inclined to stay with them. That's brand loyalty. Absolutely. And that is, that's PR speak. If you can, if you can speak, um, in the social currency, you will target that millennial or that riser or that Gen Y person that, you, mm-hmm. that you're going for. I think just to wrap it up on the Samsung thing, uh, they did break the Guinness World Record oh. um, for the most contributions to an online album of self-portrait or selfie photographs uh, in 24 hours. And that record-breaking number of selfies was an astounding 12,598 as officially verified oh by the um, – the team of the Guinness World Record. So I think that was, was really great. I'm sure yeah. that they'll, they'll be entering that into some of the local PR uh, marketing awards that yeah. we have uh, in South Africa in 2016, which is also an indication that the industry is taken quite seriously in, in the creative space. And, yeah, I think they would definitely deserve a win. Kudos on them. Yeah, so look at that. That was a whole roundup of the local PR hits and misses. More hits, more... Yeah, more hits than actual misses. So kudos on our brands yeah. here. No, so, de- definitely some really creative campaigns. Exactly. And, you know, like I was saying earlier, some will go really right and some will go horribly wrong. And the, m- myself included, I've really thought some things were, I've had brilliant ideas and executed and they've, um, they failed spectacularly. Um, but you learn from those. Exactly. And a, a, you, you take those mistakes and you will then implement them into your next campaign, hopefully. I can, I'm pretty sure that the team at H&M will never, ever again, um, you know, allow any mm-hmm. kind of artwork to go through without rigorous kind of um, scrutiny and checking exactly. and, um, and balance. So definitely 
worth you know fa- from from our failures we we get those lessons so yeah. so without sounding too cliche experience really sometimes can be the best teacher absolutely exactly or rather ask someone who's screwed up so many times to list all their screw ups that you can avoid them and after hours i'm happy to tell you everything that i've oh, done wow. that's gone completely wrong so that mm-hmm. you don't ever have to repeat those i think you can just write a book now the chronicles of carly Carly's Chronicles. Thank you. You can, I'll just be taking 15% away from that. So straight after this, we'll be looking at the global BR hits and misses. This is cliffcentral.com. What are you doing for New Year's Eve? Join us for the sexiest VIP party at Madison Avenue, Santon's newest nightclub. Cliff Central's taking over the VIP area, so join us as our special VIP and start 2016 on the right note. General admission is 200 Rand, but our exclusive VIP party together with Absolute Vodka is 500 Rand, which includes great music with me, Gareth Cliff, O'Neill, Miss Prue, and the Cliff Central crew, an outdoor tented area, lots of bars, food, prizes, gorgeous people, and a night to remember. Book now for Cliff Central Rocks Madison at CompyTicket.com. Go to CliffCentral.com for more details and stay tuned for everything you need to know. Be absolute and rock into 2016 with us. Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. CliffCentral.com. This is CliffCentral.com, myself and PR guru slash impresario <laughs> slash she knows everything. That's why I ask the questions. Carly Ritz is joining me in studio as we count down the biggest PR hits and misses of 2015. And just as you think the year's rounding down and nothing's about to happen anymore, everyone's on holiday, Steve Harvey at Miss Universe <laughs> goes, nah, <laughs> just not yet. What happened there? Wow. Um, sure. I think because <laughs> I don't even. It is possibly one of the worst things that could happen. You're a public per- public figure. Yes. You are in front of an audience of millions, millions of people, mm-hmm. and you make uh, you just cock it up so royally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's such an interesting lesson in human frailty and in human resilience. Yeah. Steve Harvey, I mean, he's been doing this forever. Um, he's not, he, he's not new to the screen. He's not new to the stage. Uh, you know, but after all this time for aye someone aye. in his stature to make such an error really does show how frail we actually all are, yes. how frail the industry is. Um, but I think he was very resilient. He did immediately correct himself or mm-hmm. as, as soon as possible as he could. Um, and you know, he then apologized, um, ferociously, yes. for lack of a better so word. Firstly, if you have been living under a rock, no offense, if you don't know what happened, <laughs> Steve Harvey was hosting the Miss Universe pageant. And when he came down to announcing the winner, uh, I don't even, I don't even know about like the second princess, for example, like the, whichever on apps. Anyway, he confused Miss Yeah, when he came to the, the moment of yeah. truth. He confused who, what was meant to be the runner-up with the winner. Correct. So he called out the wrong uh, Miss whoever. She walked up, which was Miss Philippines, no, which was Colombia, and was actually meant to be Miss Philippines as the winner. So what I don't understand as a person and as a host, Steve Harvey, exactly what are rehearsals for? Like, <laughs> this is the moment you build up to. Miss Universe is not trying to, you know change the world well and to a certain extent they are trying to change the world but i'm saying like you are there for one purpose and that is to crown a person as a winner of a pageant you have rehearsals on this i'm sure they ran you down the cue cards and the moments and the music in the background etc etc to ruin that i don't know that's not yeah yeah so i mean definitely will will um allow the pageant organizers to relook at their processes mm-hmm. um, it's very possible that the name of the winners was only you know because it goes through all these vigorous auditing true, processes and true. they don't want it to leak it's very possible that it's not pre-known yeah to to the host um, which i'm sure is the case with most um, you see it at the oscars and all those yeah. emmy awards they they act Otherwise, they well, they are actors, but there's that element of surprise, and the winner is. Yeah. Um, so perhaps that's something they're going to look at. But I think, really, like I said, it's it's it shows human frailty and human 
Resilience. Exactly. It was just probably caught up in the moment. However, I still think it was great PR. I think that mm-hmm. um, Miss Universe has not been on the public radar for a very long time. Oh yeah. Um, beauty pageants in in general have kind of really you know fallen off the off the public radar. Um, and of course now Miss Universe is back in the public eye. Yeah. Um, because now that people are talking about Miss Universe, um, now there's going to be interviews with the winners. Now True. there's going to be interest in what's even Miss Columbia who, who didn't get it. Yeah. Absolutely. There's suddenly all this renewed interest. So definitely a PR, a PR miss, um, but, but, but also with a very interesting kind of spin-offs uh, mm-hmm. that came out of that one. What do you think of the fact that Miss Universe actually has backed up Steve Harvey and said we would consider having Steve Harvey back as a host? So I think that is such a brilliant brand stance to take. Um, it supports the fact that people are people and that yeah. we make mistakes um so I, I think that is just such a, a wonderful kind of gesture yeah it also kind of shows everyone you know a little bit of the humor in it mm-hmm. um i know it's, it doesn't seem very funny um but you know yeah i get you but it's that unexpectedness it, it, it was such a cringe cringeworthy moment that it is a little bit funny yeah um and of yeah i, I really think that miss universe realize uh, they were probably very upset in the beginning, but they've probably now, if you go and you, and you look at all the coverage that, that's, uh, that's been generated. And of course, mm-hmm. now the story's moved away from Steve to other Miss Universe, um, issues and, and discussions. I think that they realize, hey, we're, we're on everybody's radar again. Yes. So now I hate to sound like Einstein and I wish I had it on record somewhere, somehow, somewhere exactly. But when I heard about this and I actually said, the best way for Steve to recover from this as a comedian is to go to funny or die, you know, dot com or do something that is comical about this whole situation. Make a joke and let move, let us move past it. Because if he starts to now constantly apologize, he'll go back onto Twitter and call Miss Philippines, Miss Philippians with the huge, huge typo. Mm. I'd be very, very disappointed. So I was expecting Steve to do something hugely humorous with this. So lo and behold, on Christmas Day, did you actually see what Steve Harvey did? No, I didn't. This is what he tweeted. He picked... Um, he posted a picture of himself with like a huge, you know, Christmas tree, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, Merry Easter, y'all. Oh, that's, so, I like that. Exactly. I think, I think that was the best way to recover from it. Steve Harvey at his core is a, a is a comedian before he we went to acting and now hosting shows, et cetera, et cetera. And there were already memes going around of Steve Harvey. I think that was a perfect way to recover. And now I'd actually not take anything away from him hosting once again. I Very think, nice. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, I think nice, straight, simple, done and dusted. But of course, now the jokes are are going to to flow. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some, you know, most outrageous headlines now appear on on, on the Buzzfeeds and the board pandas. Of you course, know, ISIS behind uh, Steve Harvey's oh, um, really Miss, <laughs> Miss Universe goof. Um, but. Yeah, so I mean, humor is definitely a way that we deal with these kinds of scenarios. Yeah. Um, but watch the space. I think, uh, this could probably be a very good thing for Steve Harvey's career. I think it doesn't take away from the fact that as Miss Columbia, I'd be very, very pissed. No offense, Miss Philippines, but I'd be very pissed as Columbia. Of course. Would it be too much to ask to be called former Miss Universe? I'd want to be called former Miss Universe. Or weekend special. They, they did compare all of that to, um, oh, to our finance minister debacle oh, as well. Goodness, Former that's a whole other PR issue as well. But so many other, you know, big global stories from VW having to recall some of their cars and with the whole testing saga to Tinder having this whole Twitter tantrum, even the reveal of Caitlyn Jen on Vanity Fair and all the hub around that. If you had to pick one standout global story, what did it have to be for you, Carly? Wow. Um, look, I, I think from a lessons perspective, yeah. I take a lot out of the Tinder Twitter tantrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, what happened there was a well-known journalist from Vanity Fair um, wrote about how it's just basically a hookup yeah. spot. It was a, the most perfect opportunity for Tinder to come back with almost an education or awareness type of campaign. They could have highlighted the thousands of couples that have been married um, as a result, or the thousands of relationships. Um, True. And I think, you know, this is what Steve did so well in comparison, was that he was gracious. He was apologetic. He found the humor. Whereas the 
Tinder, um, and they made it appear as though some angry intern sitting on the social media Just management like desk was going berserk. Defensive, defensive, defensive. You know, really yeah. being rude and defensive. Um, it actually turned out to be planned PR. I don't know what on God's earth they were thinking. Um, but it alienated the brand and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it made the brand look aggressive. It made the brand look, um, you know, contrived. Yeah. Um, so perhaps not the biggest. Uh, PR fail, um, you know, it, it didn't really make global, um, headlines like some of the others do, but yeah. I think a lot of really, really interesting lessons that came out of that. For me, I think one of the biggest PR, um, I, I don't even, and I don't want to call it a hit or a miss because I don't think I've decided yet, um, was awarding, uh, Caitlyn Jenner with the award that she received not after guys. not even being a, a woman for a year. <laughs> I don't you know, want to sound Kardashian crazy and crazy with a K in this no, but example. While I completely get the reasons, it's, it's, I, I can't make up my mind. I can yeah. see why, mm-hmm. but but at the same time, I, I see why. It should yeah, I get you there. Yeah, so I think that was. Uh, I'm undecided. I think the jury's still out on, on that one for me. I think the good thing with Caitlyn Jenner overall, you know, and I read um, about what Vanity Fair did just in order to get the cover of Caitlyn on. On their magazine, they had like, they hired the actual security, like, um, the secret service who covers the president of the United States to make sure that from the shoot, which took place over a couple of months, they took the pictures to the printers. They closed down the whole printing establishment just for the Vanity Fair cover. They, they loaded the magazines once they were ready. It was such a huge deal. And I think it went. So well in my books, because I don't think in that essence, a brand can be overexposed. Because mm. if you really go to the crux of why Caitlyn Jenner is even a thing, I hope there's the the heart of the fact that she's out there to make a difference in at least one young child's life who is conflicted about their gender identity and they don't have to go to you know, a class after school or talk to someone if they're feeling afraid. But all they do is just go on to entertainment. And there someone is who looks like them, who understands what they're going through and who can be able to change their lives. I think then you've done. Then you've done it. You have. But you've also ensured that your social currency is so relevant. True. That you are going to be offered and and booked to speak at conferences. I mean, I think they are now post-Christmas filming another, um, he's he's continuing to film um, this this Kate and Jerry, I am Kate. So I think not taking away or knocking um, from from what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but her social currency right now is probably exactly where she wants it. Yeah, I'm just like, Kate, don't endorse anything now because that will take away from me. I do not want to see you... Giving my mother tips on what mascara she should buy. Just don't. <laughs> Let's yeah. not take it that far. Well, perhaps drop her an email. Yeah, Everybody totally, needs a little bit of PR she advice. She and I are totally on good terms like Everybody that. Everybody needs some advice. Carly, if you had to look at 2016, what do you think are some of the trends we can uh, look out for and expect? Any celebrity reveals? Any big deals that might happen in 2016? I think social media will continue to play a pivotal role um, in PR, mm-hmm. um, in brand reputation management and but you know, brand destruction. Yeah. I think um, we, we will continue to see um, some interesting stories there. I think specifically for the local market, given the year that we've had with the likes of H&M and Pharrell, we can expect b- bigger campaigns. Exactly. I think people, you know, I'm not necessarily saying they're the most effective, but I think we can look out for bigger ones. However, like the associated media, I'm also hoping to see a lot um, perhaps less extravagant, um, more targeted yeah. um, kinds of campaigns that, that could be executed on the ground as well. Well, all I'm saying is my email inbox will be open for invitations. And if I just happen to get a free car at an event, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> anyway. See what I can do. I'll see like, what I can do. That's all hint, hint, nudge, nudge right there. Carly, thank you so much for stopping by. Like an hour done and dusted, just like that. And then I shall see you tomorrow night. Let us do it. New Year's Eve, Cliff Rock 16. Hashtag Cliff Rock 16. Get all your details on cliffcentral.com. And of course, you can book on Compute Tickets. Until next year and all its hits and misses, this is myself and Carly Ritz signing out. This is cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.